Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Kate Galley, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. It's my huge pleasure to be here, Howard. We're just going to talk shop. Uh, about coaching. Uh, you sent me a, a one pager that talks about sort of some of the, the concepts you've been working with clients on and what the benefit is to them. And you know, you're clearly a person who has thought long and hard about coaching and about how to get the best results for your clients. And I think, you know, for in the plant based world, I see a lot of not that. I see a lot of people who are very excited about sharing and it never occurs to them, am I effective in getting the message across? So I'd love to begin by just asking you, like, was that you at one point? Because I know it was me at one point. Was there a point where we were just like, yay, plants and not getting results? <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if it was actually because I've um, I've been vegetarian since I was, 23 and then plant-based for only the past five or so years so I got into fitness well before I was vegan well before I was plant-based so I kind of learned how to get the body and um, the energy and the fitness and the health that I wanted through a high protein low carb vegetarian diet and then when for ethical reasons I decided that I needed to make the transition to vegan um I I was quite terrified that I wouldn't be able to keep the results that I'd learned how to get for myself and for all of my one-on-one clients. So I actually did get really super strategic as so far as um, how to do it effectively because I guess I had a point to prove, right? Like I wanted to be that that strong, happy, healthy vegan. I didn't want um, the naysayers, the boys at the gym, for example, that I worked with who, you know, kind of said, oh, goodbye, lean muscle mass. I didn't want to prove them right. I wanted to prove them wrong. So I got super strategic and broke down everything I needed to do so far as the eating actions, the exercising actions, and even more so, um, I guess, my specialty, the, the mindset actions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's interesting because I'm, I'm playing with an idea myself these days around like as a coach i generally want to give people a lot of leeway to explore for themselves to express and when people come to me and they want really specific details my inclination is to not give it to them like i don't want to become you know someone they depend on and yet i find for myself and i'm thinking i'm, I'm really sort of just shifting my opinion on this that sometimes giving people like a really, really clear, strict, detailed plan, and not necessarily strict, like, um, yeah. like hard to do, but just really, really clear, like eat this for breakfast, eat this for lunch, giving people less room for uh, discretion actually helps a lot of people. And I'm wondering where you, where you fall on that continuum. 
Yeah, do you know you are so right? There's kind of what people want and then maybe what they need as well. And I think what they want is they want to be told exactly what to do, whether it's the eating or the exercising. I know a lot of my really successful clients in the gym, and I mean successful so far as their their careers, they actually like coming into the gym and just being told exactly what to do and not having to think for once. And I think people (laughs) want that with their nutrition as well they want to be told exactly what to eat however that's what they want i think what they need often more so is to make the connection at a deeper level not just what you know beautiful diverse plant-based abundance they should be eating but the connection how that relates to their values and their beliefs they actually do need to do that work on their own behind the scenes i can't make that connection for them Mm. So when when you work with people um, around shifting their diets, what are the biggest obstacles that you see people have once once they're sort of committed, once they're motivated and like, yes, I want to do it, ethical reasons, or I watched a documentary, or I got a health scare? What do you see as the things that slow them down, or trip them up, or or send them packing? Do you know, it surprises me because I can't relate to this, but a lot of people, it's actually the not wanting to stand out and not wanting it, like the social inconvenience and the eating out and the eating at business meetings and like, you know, not wanting to put other people out and not wanting to be inconvenient and not wanting to be the odd one out that often holds back mm-hmm. so many otherwise super successful and driven and okay to speak their mind type of people that one really holds them back and um you know I, I, I struggle with that because it's it was never my kind of um personal struggle I have many but but not that um mm. so I guess that you know that's kind of a a surprising one what else is coming to mind so far as as that well, let's 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 stick with that one for a second. What 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 do you do? What's your what's your approach? Especially like it's easy when you've had the same problem, right? Yeah, when I can say, oh gosh, I remember that. I empathize. But when we as coaches, sometimes we get people who are like, you're like from Mars. Like I don't get that at all. How do you help people when they don't want to inconvenience others or stand out? Do you know, like, and I'll take it a step back. This is one of the issues I see and no right or wrong, but in my space, because I work in health, um, you know, that the vegan animal rights activists that I hang out with, they're mm-hmm. locked and loaded from an ethical point of view, right? And and so they're kind of, it, it's pretty easy. They know why they're doing it and, and they, um, you know, there's no way they're going back to eating animal products. However, most of the professionals that come to me in the gym um, they've found they're interested in plant-based and they're interested in trying this plant-based thing and they're doing it from a health point of view, maybe a little bit from an environmental point of view, not so much from the animal rights or ethical point of view. So they feel like they have room for leeway with that one because, you know, just a little, for me, there's no just a little bit of death, right? There's no just a little bit of eating just an animal's leg. Like it's black or white. But if it's for your health, then, you know, a little bit of cheese here and there on the weekends, um, they feel like they can get away with that. And it's the slippery slope, I think, then. You know, you want people to feel abundant with their food choices, um, but it is a slippery slope when you come to it from the angle of health 
I think, because they have room for leeway. So back to what you said, how do I help them? I help them connect with their why, with their, yes, the goal, but even more so aligning the goal and the actions they need to take to achieve that goal. Say that's having a fit, strong, healthy body, following a plant-based lifestyle, aligning those actions with their values and beliefs, which are sometimes things that people don't consciously think about. They don't consciously think, these are my values. These are my beliefs. How am I living my life aligned with these? And how will this new lifestyle align with these? Mm. But then when you're talking about values and beliefs, it's already the values and beliefs that are keeping them from standing out or bothering other people. So we're talking about values and conflict. So do you, right. So, um, Right. I'm trying to, like, if someone says, um, you know, well, there was this time I wanted, you know, I, yeah, I want to eat this way, but, but, you know, they'd already made it and I didn't want to appear, um, you know, insensitive to them or inconsiderate. So I just had some. Um, how do you balance, like, that's a good thing, right? To be yeah. like, the impulse is, is from a good place. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you help them, you know, not, become an asshole, but, no, while, but while, um, yeah. while, while staying with, you know, true to themselves. 100%. Like intentions, everything, right? And their intentions, genuine. They're a lovely, kind person, maybe a people pleaser. Um, it depends on the individual. And I'll think of one individual right now who, you know, is trying more plant-based and he is super crazy successful, like on multiple boards. And I will call him on that because I've been, I've been training this guy for over five years now, we have a close relationship. And I'll say, um, I can't imagine you would behave this way in business, right? If you knew what, what was right with your heart and what was right with your health and what you wanted to, um, you know, like, you know, what's the right eating decision. And then you're not wanting to stand out in the board meeting, asking for an adjustment to the menu. Like how, how often in your life are you the person um, being so weak, so to speak, and, and not standing up for what you know to be right. And equally, I'll say to an individual like that, like you can be a trail, trailblazer. You have so much influence. You have so much potential to, to be that one standing out in a positive way. Um, and, you know, we only get more options, whether it's at a board meeting or at a like relative's house or at a restaurant. We only get more delicious plant-based options when we actually put our hand up and say, yeah, I, I really want them and need them. Right. Of course, when you talk about being a trailblazer, you're talking about courage, mm-hmm. right? And in my experience, the people who come to me and they say, well, I capitulated because I didn't want to inconvenience someone else. They don't really mean that. They're, that's not really like the top value at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that they got scared, yeah. Right. It's they were afraid in that moment, you know, like we all have these conversations we want to have with people in our lives that are going to be a little or a lot unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the conversation we never have with our spouse or with our brother in law or something like this, something just and we we never have it, even though we know we should, because we know we don't want to feel what we're going to have to feel in that conversation. Do you find that the very often like the values and beliefs around not inconvenience others is just sort of chicken shit, right? Like I don't want to, right? So how do you help someone? So they're in the coaching call with you or the coaching relationship or at the gym with you. And 
you can sort of recognize that what's happening is a courage deficit in that moment. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you help them with that? I guess so many ways, right? Um, and, and you're right. It very much is just an excuse. So, you know, they're turning to the whatever it may be, the secondary gain of <clears throat> getting to indulge in that food and not having the difficult conversation in the moment. But often with some of, you know, some of my clients, I'll make it apply to what if this was your daughter? What if this was like, take them out of the, out of the decision just for a moment and say, what if it was your, you know, your loved one, your daughter making this health decision that was seriously impacting their health? You know, what you eat, we have, that's one of the only things we have absolute control over, um, you know, that the food that we put in our mouth and the way that we exercise, it's no one else's choice what that is. So I often kind of just take them out of themselves and say, you know, what would you say to your daughter if she was making this decision? You know, like they've explained to me how, you know, how unhappy they are with their current physique and health and energy levels. And they've agreed with me that this, you know, whole food plant-based diet is the approach. But then in the moment, um, you know, they, they choose someone else's, um, you know, what's right for someone else um, over their long-term health and sustainability. Um, often that's the conversation that just, you know, lets them see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can see what I'm doing in a conversation with you, but then I still have to go out and be braver. Do you, do you find that there are yeah. things that, that actually can equip that bravery so- in that moment? For sure. And then I guess one of the things that lo- that I love so much about my position and getting to train the, the people that I train is that each of us have success in some areas of our lives. And I guess people come to me when they have success in many areas of their lives and they're not yet making it applicable to their health and their health goal and the healthy plant-based lifestyle. And we can model across the success we see in other areas of our lives. So I often ask them about the standards that they hold themselves to in the areas of their life that they are really successful. So whether that's in their career or whether that's as a parent or as a friend or even in their hobby, we all have standards either at a conscious level um, or even at an unconscious level. And those standards, very often we can model them across into the area that we're currently struggling with. Mm. So, um, so how does that help them in the moment that, the, that they would then think about you? They would instruct them to think about what am I at my best? And let, let me bring that into this moment. Yeah. Um, so I'm very actionable. I'm very like, let's, let's make this apply to one next action that you can take that would be a reference point for success for you to focus on because what you focus on expands. So something good that could happen between now and the next time I see you when I see you later this week. So they'll often have... Um, I guess, recalled with me, you know, some instance where, you know, maybe they were feeling a little bit stressed out or they'd had a bad conversation with their daughter or whatever it was. And they went to the supermarket and they bought the crapola food and, you know, maybe it was vegan and maybe it wasn't, but whatever, it was refined and rubbish. And, you know, they just um, demolished that in an emotional eating frenzy and then felt absolutely rubbish for it, like they'd let themselves down. And so we'll walk through what to do in the moment that happens next time, like, because it's going to happen again, like they're going to be faced with that same scenario again, for sure. 
Um, and so forewarned is, you know, is the, is the best strategy. They need to come up with an alternate strategy um, to turn to when they're in that situation again. Great. So um, you mentioned one is they don't want to inconvenience others, and that's one that you don't really relate to personally. Are there any um, issues that they bring that remind you of yourself? Yeah, so many. Um, so um, I guess like the the online propaganda and the, you know, the confusion so far as health, um, I guess big meat and dairy um, have the same strategy that big tobacco did back in the day, right? Mm. Um, as long as you can just create enough confusion so far as what is the best for your health. People are going to like take the path of least resistance and they're going to keep going down the same track of their animal eating ways. Um, so they sow confusion and my clients, you know, they read a lot. They're smart people. Um, however, you go down the, the, the rabbit hole online and the best of us, like any of us, even if it's our career, um, could get really, really confused by the information out there. So these are people that want to do their due diligence they want to um they want to be really aware but it's easy to get confused and i totally struggled with that like i had learned how to have the health i wanted including some animal products vegetarian animal products and um you know it can be really scary thinking like this lifestyle that i've built this career for me um it's, it can be really, really terrifying to think, how's it going to work when we eliminate, so to speak, all of the, these animal products from our lifestyle? And that's definitely something so many of my clients struggle with. Mm. So how do, you, how do you help them? Because, you know, there was a point at which I tried to argue with them, <laughs> like, no, no. And especially after I was working on the books, like with Colin Campbell and Garth Davis, I'm like, my head is full of rebuttal. Yeah. So black uh, and white, right? Yeah, yeah. I used to be like, oh, that's silly. Bio-individuality is being hijacked. But, you know, like all the, all the arguments. And yet I was just another he said in the he said, she said of the, so, do you, you know, are there, what are your strategies? Are there books you turn to? Are there ways of thinking? You know, like, the, you know, the T. Colin Campbell course will teach people to look, for, look at sources, source material, uh, other courses will teach actually how to dive into the research. I know Michael Greger does some of that. But how do you equip people um, when the other side sounds just like us until, yeah. you get, until you get to the very, very bottom where, frankly, most of us aren't equipped to go? Yeah. You, do you know you are so right? And I'm a huge fan of Dr. Michael Greger. I've had him on my podcast a couple of times. There are so many amazing plant-based mm. doctors. Mm. Um, Was and he on I, a treadmill? Yeah, uh, no, he, he was the first time. He wasn't the second time. So that, that is a, yeah, you see you see his head in the videos going <laughs> up and down, right? It's hilarious. Um, he's such a powerhouse. Um, like you, I used to want to argue with cold, hard facts and maybe more so passion and, um, you know, the little vegan animal, animal rights ethical side of me would come right out. I am learning to actually lead a little bit more under the radar with deliciousness and just share beautiful, easy, abundant filling recipes with my clients. And that kind of proves to them when they make them. Like I, for example, I'm walking the talk in the gym every day. They see that I don't get sick. They see that I'm always exercising. They see that I'm always up and positive. Um, so 
there's that proof face to face for them every day. Um, but gradually I'm just feeding them delicious recipes. They're making them, their non-vegan loved ones are enjoying them. And that seems to be, disappointingly, that seems to be more effective than the just, hey, go watch Dominion, go watch, you know, Land of Hope and Glory. Like people, even Game Changers, people don't really, I don't know, they don't want to watch that, but they will eat the food. Mm. Do you have a, uh, a killer recipe that's like a, a go-to? Do you know, I have so many. Um, I was never a good cook until, I, and I'm not an amazing cook now, but once I decided to be vegan, I really had a point to prove and I wanted to, you know, to, to prove that the food could be delicious. And then about two years ago, my dear mum, who is the most amazing cook in the world, she actually became plant-based. Oh. And so now it's amazing. Um, after years of emotional blackmail, um, none, of, none of that worked, strangely. But um, finally, she watched What the Health with me and became plant-based. And she veganizes every recipe that she used to turn to when she ate animal products. And so I just share them um, with credit to, to dear mum. Um, but they're most of my recipes now. Um, you know, it's standard animal product recipes that my mum has veganized. Um, mm. There's a cauliflower lentil curry, which is so easy and so delicious. There's a tofu scramble over crispy potatoes that just is like mind blowing. There are plenty. Gotcha. And where, where could people find those? Are they on your site or just for, yeah, for private they're usually- clients? Yeah, no, they're on the site generally, um, strongbodygreenplanet.com. Okay. Lots of deliciousness. Gotcha. So one other thing that I'm, I'm really curious about is, um, sorry, I just, I just wrote it down and I wrote it down wrong, so I'm, gonna, I'm not yeah. a great multitasker. Strongbodygreenplanet.com. Correct. Got it. Got it. So I um, do my coaching um, mostly over the phone or Zoom or Skype or things like that. And I'm not a trainer. And it's occurs to me that like when you're a trainer, you have a very different relationship with your clients. First of all, you can tell them what to do, like in that moment, like, you know, drop and do 20 or lift this thing. Yes. Second, they see you having capacity in a different way. Um, I guess my question is what, like, are there advantages to do to combining the two of having kind of the authority of a trainer where people are used to the trainer sort of kicking their ass and look and kind of looking forward to that along with sort of health coaching, which is sort of more, you know, airy fairy asking questions, letting the, the client come to it on their own. Like they seem like very different, but possibly synergistic. What, what, what have you found? Yeah, you are so right. Um, And there are benefits to both. And, um, you know, I've done and do both. I think the actually being face to face with someone in a gym, um, which is my most comfortable environment. um, I definitely think that's the easiest. And also because they walk in receptive to being told what to do. Um, And that is super effective for exercise. You know, that's going to get them the best results. Um, You know, listening to what the trainer says and, and working hard within the gym. However, I guess the challenge is then, to be able to let them effectively take that away, then 99% of their life that they are not with me um, because that's where all the eating actions happen and a lot more of the movement happens. 
And um, so I guess that's a matter of building up the, the trust with these clients that takes time. And many of my clients have been with me well over 10 years now, which is mm. amazing. Um, and so it's a fine line of, of getting that important exercising action happening in the gym, but also trying to have the deeper conversations um, and kind of, I guess, unveiling, you know, what's holding people back behind the scenes? Why a really intelligent and successful and focused person in most areas of their life might keep stumbling with something that maybe seems really kind of simple and obviously isn't, but just trying to uncover that in the short-ish time that we have together in the gym. Mm, Great. Is there one other obstacle that you come across that you want to talk about? Um, I guess the main one, um, which so isn't true, but I was there as well. We all think vegan food is going to be boring and restrictive and we're going to be missing out and, you know, it's going to be a sacrifice. Um, Everyone thinks that. Like the number of times I've been told, oh, but I love food too much or I just love meat or things that I've said. You know, I used to say I love meat too much. I could never be vegetarian. And then Mm. 16 years old, I was vegetarian. And um, so that is the irony. And the biggest misconception is that people think a healthy plant-based lifestyle is going to be restrictive and just an absolute punish. And actually, as I'm sure has been your experience as well, for, for me, definitely out of the, the meat eating, the veggie, the vegan, the vegan definitely brings me the most food joy by far, 100%. Mm-hmm. And so that's an example of you just show them recipes, you make food for them, you just lead, lead with the stomach. Yeah, and you talk about it. You talk about the amazing meals that you have, that they see how much joy you get from, from food, you know? Mm. And maybe also you talk about the disappointing meals as well because I don't want a client to go out to their first vegan restaurant and get that disappointing, lightweight, unsatisfying, bland type of a meal and think, oh, wow, that's what vegan food is. So I'm honest with them, you know, when I have a disappointing meal, um, you know, I, I tell them and, you know, I, I let them know that that's not what we should accept because there's, there's so many better options out there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked? I guess I would say to, and to the listener who's, you know, like not yet sure, I guess that the listener that's hesitant about this, you know, this whole plant-based lifestyle um, is that everything counts and, and start where you are. And again, I guess to harp back to it, but the getting really clear on your values and your beliefs and aligning them with the achievement of your goal. It sounds like a little bit of work upfront. However, it just makes every, every single decision that you make on an eating and exercising front so much easier. It's the step, it's the behind the scenes work that not only lets you feel congruent so far as the actions that you're taking on a daily basis, but it kind of removes the decision-making process. Um, it just makes, it makes everything that you, that you need to do to get the results that you want to achieve long-term. It makes it easy and natural and sustainable rather than a, a constant struggle where you're always fighting you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The once, once you're clear on your values and the conflicting values, right? So if the val- another value is, 
peacemaking in the family or yeah. anything, then at least you understand what's happening. So I find so many of my clients, their own behavior are, it's like a black box. That they, yeah. and, they, and they come to me, of course, you know, this isn't the first time they've had this problem, their whole lives. Why can't I stick to a diet? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? And there's a voice inside them that's essentially saying, you are broken. You have no control. You are completely untrustworthy. Mm -hmm. um, and to begin to rebuild that trust in themselves, right? Because without that, there's no traction. They can have like a great engine. They can have, you know, powerful pistons and carburetor. But if the wheels are spinning, they're not going anywhere. Uh, so do you find that the value, like the, the clarity on values and beliefs helps with that or can sometimes even undermine it? Because now they um, said, I, I want to be healthy, and now I'm really confused because now I'm clear I want to be healthy, and I'm still acting in, in sabotaging ways. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think they just need to dig deeper then. Um, you know, they need to um, analyze, say, how's the current strategy working for you if you're, if you're living your life um, aligned with the, you know, the anti-values or the values that are opposite of um, the ones that are going to get them um, to help them achieve their goal. One thing you said on trusting themselves, um, it just made me made me think the number one advice I would give to myself if I had to start again and, and to all of my clients is to back yourself 100%. So, um, you know, that is so important. And I would say that many of my clients might back themselves as a mom or dad or back themselves in business, but we need to back ourselves so far as our health. There's nothing more what important. What does that mean to back ourselves? Sure. It means to have certainty in you. So right now, especially, we can't have certainty. Well, always, but we're especially aware of it right now. We can't have certainty in circumstances. We don't know what's coming, you know, next year, next week, later today. We can't really have certainty in other people. I know that sounds a bit sad, but, you know, we can't. But we absolutely can back ourselves and have certainty in no matter, you know, what circumstances we are faced with tomorrow, we can have certainty in our own ability to back ourselves and to come up with, um, you know, the actions um, that will best serve us in that uncertain circumstance. Mm. Yeah, what I'm thinking about is, so you, you help people actually lift weights, Right. And that, that's, that's a beautiful metaphor, right? Because if you want to lift a weight, you have to lift a hard weight. You have to f accept the challenge or you're not going to grow. And you mm -hmm. lift the weight and very often you'll lift the weight to pretty much failure. Like you're going to make them lift it so they can't lift it anymore today. And the muscle is going to respond to that and go, oh, my God, that was awful. I never want to be that weak again. And I'm wondering if, if that, you know, when you talk about backing yourself, having certainty in yourself, if weightlifting is sort of a metaphor that you can draw upon to say, you know what, this is hard work. And that's the point. You don't want you don't want to go to a gym to say, I want to get strong with the least amount of effort. Right. But people say, well, I want to become vegan, but I really don't want it to inconvenience me or I don't want to have to grow as a person or I don't want to have to face my demons. And like. What are your thoughts on, on that? I um, love that. 
Yeah, I've never heard that metaphor before and I love it. And the other thing that is um, a non-negotiable so far as being in the gym and lifting really heavy weights is you must be 100% focused. You must be focused on what you want and you must be focused on every single repetition of every single rep or of everything single set, or it can go horrifically wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that focus um, is something that, that we need to um, apply to everything that we want to succeed. And so absolutely to our, our eating actions and our veganism as well. It all deserves that focus and that focus on the, the positive outcome that we're seeking. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kate Galley, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. Um, I know we're, we're fellow podcast hosts. So, uh, and tell us the name of your podcast for people who want to follow it. Thank you so much, Howard. It's been fun. It's been um, a pleasure getting to know you as well. And my podcast is Healthification. Great. So it's, it's a healthification just look that up on all the podcasts. Yeah, search healthification wherever you listen to podcasts. It's all over the place. And it's a combination of short, actionable shows where I talk everything, eating, exercising, and mindset, and um, longer form conversations with some amazing animal rights activists, authors, athletes, politicians. Um, yeah, it's, it's my heart. I love it. So healthification. Awesome. And uh, to state again, your uh, practice website is strongbodygreenplanet.com. Absolutely. And I'm Strong Body Green Planet across the socials, but the website is the best place to connect with me. Awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so much for all you do and for taking the time to talk about health coaching with me today. It's been such a pleasure. Um, thank you so much as well, Howard. I really appreciate it. I hope you found that helpful. So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, uh, doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day.